listening to the PHNX Coyotes podcast, brought to you by the one and only DraftKings Sportsbook app, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Don't forget to hit that like button, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts, and leave us a five-star review. I'm Leah Merrill here with Craig Morgan, and Steve Peters just not come back from Tucson. I think he might have just stayed for the mini donuts or something else. PD is not with us here today. Um, that sounded really dark, but he, he's fine. He's just <laughs> not here dark. today. <laughs> Can I acknowledge that this is another day? Yeah, you're both wearing black. You're like wearing you're, black too, I'm Sean. Also, I guess I am, but yeah. yesterday you were all matching t-shirts and now we're all wearing black. Okay. So I'm a hive mind. PD. PD for now. <laughs> he's fine. Um, well, we're really excited today to continue our beat writer breakdown previews of the NHL divisions and today we are very excited to be joined by the Athletics Blue Jackets beat writer Aaron Portsline. Welcome to the PHX Coyotes podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. Well thank you for having me. Can I real quickly get something black on? Or is yeah I know you missed you missed the memo for the dress code. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. All right. If you're going to talk about our wardrobe, we're going to talk about your TV backdrop. Can you, can you tell us how this TV backdrop came about? Well, the worst part is my big head is blocking the, the best part of that old typewriter right there. Oh. Look at you. Yeah. I can't Amazing. figure out how to do that. <laughs> there are a few of us that still appreciate that sort of thing. Yeah. In a better spot. Well, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. And, and listen, uh, I know it's been. An interesting offseason for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but let's start with the obvious here. They signed Johnny Hockey to a seven-year, $68.25 million contract. I think that stunned a lot of people. Yes. What was the reaction in Columbus, and maybe how has it altered perception of the team internally and within that community? Yeah, I mean, it, it's incredible, really, that it still happened. All you have to know about who is surprised by this is that the Blue Jackets themselves were surprised <laughs> that this could be. I mean, they, they were, and they've done this before where they have expressed an interest in the top free agents. Um, Mitch Marner, a few years ago when he was RFA, they talked to him about an offer sheet. Uh, Alex Petrangelo, a few years ago, when they had uh, Wierenski, Jones, Savard on the blue line, they still made a pitch to Petrangelo in free agency. Um, I don't think they expected any of those guys to land. I think Gaudreau was much the same. Um, you let them know you're interested and um, you put your best foot forward and then you move on. And they moved on. They had a press conference to announce the signing of Eric Goodbranson, which there's no way they have a press conference to talk about Goodbranson at three o'clock in the afternoon if Gaudreau is still on the hook. And they find out an hour or so later that that Gaudreau is serious. And I think I think really the development was that Philadelphia um, sort of lived up to their word that they weren't going to do anything drastic to get it done. And once it became known that Philly wasn't a possibility, then I think anything became a possibility. And Columbus was one of those teams with the cap room. So, you know, it, they, they desperately needed something like this um, after losing major major players through free agency in their, in recent years, trading some of them because they knew they couldn't keep them. Seth Jones, Panarin before that, um, some Bobrovsky, some big time players, Matt Duchesne, um, really some, the guys that were vital in allowing them to win sweep Tampa in 2019, that great playoff series. Uh, so the, nothing changes, nothing can change that perception 
the the organization can say they don't have a problem with this that players love to be here the media can say you know you know each of these are individual cases why they left and that's all true no one's ever left because they didn't like the city of columbus but you need something like this to happen if you're going to really change the perception and Gaudreau picking them uh it has lifted spirits for sure i mean for sure uh, within the room within the community uh, within how people see i think the franchise and the city um so johnny hockey is is a big story for them both on the ice and, and off the ice i know ohio state dominates that market but uh, the jacks have a nice following there i've obviously been there a lot sure. you've covered the team forever um how do, how do you see it tangibly within the city as it piqued the interest of casual fans are you seeing other signs that maybe there's a little more interest in the jackets than usual. Yeah, I mean it's crazy because it is it's it's um for people of my age and people who've lived here in Columbus for a long time, they see that big block O and everything else sort of sits around it, right? As there's Ohio State and then there's everything else. Mm-hmm. This is a very young town, and it it Ohio State is a huge college that brings I think there's 70,000 kids there. Um, so every year you're pumping 10, 12, 15,000 graduates out. And a lot of them stick around here for work. The city is growing. It's the only major Ohio city that's growing. Uh, it's, I think it's bigger than Boston now, population wise. It's bigger than Cleveland and Cincinnati combined by a quarter of a million people. Mm. Uh, yet it's just sort of slow to catch up reputationally, if that's even a word. Um, but the, the people, younger people here, people who have moved here, I don't think they see it as Blocko and everything else. They see Ohio State Blue Jackets, the Columbus crew, the MLS team here is wildly popular. So that's changing. Um, I think the at the start of the franchise, they there was a thought that they had to pull people away from Ohio State to be fans. And I, I've never understood that thinking, and I understand it even less now because there's no reason you can't be an Ohio State football fan and a Blue Jackets fan. It's not one or the other. It can it is both for so many people, and they have a very passionate following. Uh, the grassroots effort here has been incredible. With you think of the players in the NHL from Columbus, Ohio, it's been just one generation that they've had a team here, and already there's four, five, six guys from Columbus that have played in the NHL. So all of those things are healthy. The one thing they haven't done yet, the only thing they haven't done yet is maybe the biggest thing, go on a run. They have one playoff series win ever. There's so many people who are so passionate about this team, but you wonder how many more people would be along for the ride if if they could go on one of those runs that just captivates the city for a month for six weeks to the Eastern Conference final, to the cup final. It's it's always been over in a week, except for one, the, the win over Tampa a couple weeks into the playoffs, they're done. They lose to Boston in the second round. So that's the next hurdle is to take people on a ride. But Johnny Hockey, people know that dude. People know that name. Um, almost before they even love hockey they know johnny hockey is a prominent player in the sport and there really sadly aren't too many guys in the nhl you can say that about but i do think he's one of them we're going to get to that idea of a run in just a minute but before i I move on to that with with all the stuff that we've talked about um you know in the reputation of columbus is this really a place where players want to come play 
Why was this important? How important was this signing for GM Yarnell Kekalainen? Um, you know, it was really, it, it was, I think, I think we will see in the future how important it is. I know of one, one player already. Um, I can't say which player, <laughs> but maybe bristled at the notion of a trade to Columbus early this season. Gaudreau happens. And then a few weeks later, the overtures are, you know, Columbus, I kind of like it now. Not a bad spot. Like, now that's just one and that's just anecdotal. I think we'll see. But it was so meaningful to him. I talked to him the night that Gaudreau signed. And he was careful, always careful to put, you know, what the Gaudreau signing means and the reason for it at the top of the list. But there was a, it wasn't just underlying because it came out, I think, on question two. He just tore into maybe finally we can put away this bullshit about people not wanting to play in Columbus. Like that was a big part of it to him. Um, So he was flexing a bit the night that they got Gaudreau. Um, You know, because GMs do take that as an ego hit. If they're building the franchise that they think is is a special place that can do special things. And when players then have an option to go somewhere else and take it. Uh, it's their right to do it for sure. And nobody can begrudge them that. But it does sting from the GM's perspective that they wanted to be somewhere else. This is what Calgary's feeling or did feel when, when Gaudreau opted to leave. It, it's very much the same thing. So the Eastern Conference is crazy. We saw so many 100-plus point seasons last season. It's a very tight conference. The Blue Jackets yep. finished 19 points out of the playoff race last season. Does this signing or, you know, the energy around the team, is there any realistic chance of them catching the big dogs in the East? Uh, catching them in terms of making the playoffs, I think, I think, yeah. Um, you know, and I don't think it's just Johnny Gattro. It, it's a big gap to fill the 19 points out of the playoffs last year. I think they were still, even at that, they were a better team than people anticipated. I think there were a lot of people who thought they were, bottoming out tanking uh, to get uh number one picks lottery picks so they were competitive just below 500 they they sort of hung around a lot longer than people thought they would not really a playoff race but the competitive spirit was there all along it's still a big gap to fill 19 points so i don't think it's going to be johnny gaudreau alone that fills that gap uh i think that really the biggest push that this team is going to get is when the young players that they've invested a lot in first round draft picks. And obviously these guys are going to get paid a lot of money in the near future. The coal cylinders of the world, um, the, the Kirill Marchenko's the, this young wave of players that are probably cylinder for sure in the NHL this year, the players really at the, at the, at the peak of making it into the NHL. When those guys make a push, and become difference makers. That's when, that's when I think you'll see uh, Columbus really close that gap. And I think they've got a shot at the playoffs. Uh, but when I look at the Metro, I just, I you know, Carolina is still a good team. I think the Rangers are a good team, getting better. I've learned not to count Pittsburgh or Washington out of it, even though I mean, at some point, Mother Nature's got to catch up to them. We've been saying that for a few years now. <laughs> But I don't know if you can look at it right now and say Columbus is going to knock one of those four teams out of those spots. I don't think it's impossible, but I, I wouldn't 
take much money to Vegas on it at this point. There's still a lot to prove here, but that's the young guys, the young players that are going to have to push that forward. Do you think that they're ready to do that and become difference makers on this team? Um, I think Sillinger is. I think when I when I look at this team, I'm not worried about their ability to score goals. It's their ability to keep them out of the out of the net on the other end that worries me. And there's a lot of things to be excited about here, including their back end. They spent first round draft picks on defensemen, uh, three first round picks the last two years, including two in the top twelve this year. But those guys aren't likely to make an impact this year. There's an outside chance David Yerchek makes the team. But right now, the right side of their top four in Columbus is unsettled. Uh, it's not that there aren't any good answers there. It's just that they, they don't know what they are yet. Is it Andrew Peake? Is it Adam Boakfist? Is it Nick Blankenberg, the kid that came in from Michigan late last season? Um that for me, a playoff team knows what its top four is. That's kind of that's a obviously a very important spot on the ice. And again, it could turn out that Peak plays with Borensky again, takes a big step forward. Uh, Adam Boakfist settles some of his defensive issues, works with Gavrikov, and boom, your top four is fine. Uh, Good Branson was signed; he's probably a third pair guy. So they've got some stiffness back there now. Um, it's not a bad blue line. It's just an unsettled blue line. And I, I think that's, that's where they need some, some consistency and some answers before you can really expect to move too far forward. Porty Patrick line. I got a four year extension. I think it was 34.8 million. Who is Patrick line? Is he the, yeah. as some people say, the one dimensional player, is he the elite goal scorer? What's the feeling about Patrick line at this stage? He's not an old guy. It's you look at his age, you feel like he's been in the league forever, but he's, he's still a young guy. Yeah. I looked down last night, preseason game against Pittsburgh. He's playing with Gaudreau and Kent Johnson, one of those guys I should have mentioned as a young, really bright prospect that can, if he explodes, this team's that much more dangerous and he's got the ability. Those three were playing together. And I said to Bailey Johnson, who a reporter with the Columbus paper, my God, Line is going to score 60 goals this year. I mean, he's just bombing away from the left circle. <laughs> and when that guy ties into a shot, it just doesn't look like anybody else shooting the puck in this league. It's it, I, I'm not sure. I've tried to get a physics professor at Ohio State to look at his shot and tell me what's different about it. Because it is just, <laughs> it's different and special in a way that I can't quite capture, but it, it is a violent shot. Um he had 44 goals his second year, hasn't been back to that number since, was really a lost soul here his first season in Columbus. Um, and it has to be said that last season, he made enormous strides in all areas as a player, was a, was a much more effective offensive player, which I think was a relief for people here, especially those who traded for him. But he was a he was a more um, complete player. He'll never get Selkie votes. He shouldn't, anyways. But there was an a, there was an attempt to be a two hundred foot player, and at times he was successful at it. Um, we we were under the and I'm starting to come around on this. It was said multiple times. Well, he's not going to have success in Columbus because there's nobody there that can get him the puck. He played with Boone Jenner a bit last year and really started to get on a roll. And Jenner's not a playmaker, 
but it worked. And then Roslovic came on when Jenner left the lineup with a back injury, and he and Roslovic okay, looked okay together. I, I'm less of a mind that he needs someone to get him the puck and more thinking just from watching he and Gaudreau work that what he needs is someone to take attention away from him. Mm. It's not, it's, it's not so much about the puck. It's about him being able to get lost in space a little bit. And Gaudreau lets him do that because Gaudreau carries the puck. And when he's got the puck on his stick, that is, he's got everybody's attention and you can't pay that kind of attention to two guys at the same time when one guy's zipping around like that. Um, I think he's set up to have a huge year. There is a different Patrick line. A, I was told, and and Patrick just smiled when asked this, but that his body fat is at eight percent, and I don't know where it was before, but it wasn't at eight percent before. Put it that way. Um, he isn't. His face looks thinner. He hasn't lost any weight. His face looks thinner. He seems more motivated now to be great than I think he's been for the last couple of years. And if, if I can say this, he's acknowledged this a little bit. I don't think I'm speaking out of turn. His father passed away last year. As awful as that moment was for him, that was the moment where his teammates surrounded him. And I think Patrick felt in Columbus what he's needed to feel, what he didn't feel in Winnipeg. I think he felt a a sort of a second family forming. Hmm. And ever since that happened, you've seen a different player who is really engaged uh, in all ways in making it work here. And I got to be honest, when they traded for him, there wasn't a lot of sense that it was going to work here. And that has changed dramatically. I think he could have a big year. You talked about that, that range of centers, um, who do you think ends up being there? And then you mentioned what line A needs to succeed. Uh, you know, it's funny, not that these players are the same caliber, but when the Coyotes went to the 2012 Western Conference Final, they had a line. Their top line was Ray Whitney, Redeem Verbata, and Marty Hansel in the middle. And Whitney was the playmaker. Yeah. He allowed Verby to find that space that you talk about to be that pure goal scorer. And Marty Hansel's job was just to clear space. He was... He was, the, he, he was a net front guy, go in the corners guy, yeah. and he, he just took, you know, net drives to take the defense with him. What does the, the right center look like for, for these two wingers? Well, so Gaudreau kind of, and, and this has been mentioned by a few people with uh, management in Columbus, he gives them back what they lost with Panarin as a playmaker from the wing. Um, it doesn't have to be the centerman that, that makes the plays. Right. Right, and, and so he's, he's a playmaker, Gaudreau is, although he had 40 goals last year. Line A is a shooter, but uh, probably an underrated playmaker, really good passer. And just in talking to those two guys, what do they need in the middle of them? They need someone to win pucks, win face-offs, obviously, because you'd like to start with a puck, and get to the net and get greasy. And that sounds that sounds to me like Boone Jenner. And Boone, Boone Jenner is is out of the, out of contact drills right now. They're just taking it easy with him early in camp to after after his back gave out on him last year. They say he's fine; he'll be ready for the start of the season. But they're taking it easy. Um, and so Ken Johnson's gone in there now. This kid is a playmaker's supreme, uh, number five overall pick a year ago, not this summer, but the summer before, um, is an elite level playmaker, not much in the face-off dot because he is i think he weighs after gaining eight pounds this summer he weighs like 168 <laughs> um that that jerk can't gain weight if he tries <laughs> yeah, thanks 
Um, we're talking about weight an awful lot here. Eight percent body fat, which I haven't been at in a yeah. long time. <laughs> who, who am I? Um, but, but this kid is—he's uh, got a ton of skill. The longer you let a kid play in that spot, the longer people get to look at him, and I think the wheels start to turn. And he's probably going to start at the season on the left wing. I still think Jenner gets the first shot there, but I, they've got some options. I think Cole Sillinger would work there as well. Um, super, super competitive kid. Probably more offensively gifted than Jenner. Jenner is a stronger, you know, Jenner is, is one of the more physical forwards in the league. Not in terms of hitting, but just in terms of his, his com- competing. Um, so it's hard to match that for anybody. But they've got some options. I even think Roslovic could work there. And, if, you know, we, we get excited about lines. We all do. Probably they're all going to play there at some point. That's how it works in a season. It's all over the place, despite best laid plans. Let's now take a look at the rest of the Metropolitan Division. And before we do, let's see how they all finished last season in a second because I don't have it in front of me. Oh, Sean. (laughs) Okay, well, while we're pulling it up, um, it's an interesting division. It's very tight. We've got... The Blue Jackets, like we're talking about, Carolina, New York, Washington, Pittsburgh, the Islanders, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. This is how everyone finished last season. Carolina finished first, uh, followed by the Rangers, Penguins, Capitals, Islanders, Blue Jackets, Devils, and Flyers. So that was the 2021-22 Metro Division standings. Crazy 400-point teams. Yeah, and the divide between them. And the, and the, yeah, the divide yeah. between Washington and Islanders. The Islanders, of course, had a crazy unexpected bad start to the season well, are like cold by beer yeah that, seriously that road the road start, start. Yeah. um so that's last year looking ahead to this year we don't know how it's going to shake out but we do have odds on the DraftKings Sportsbook app currently as of today the Hurricanes have the best odds to win the Metro at plus 200 followed by Pittsburgh the Rangers and the Capitals and then rounding out the bottom we got the Islanders the Devils the Blue Jackets and the Flyers so Interesting numbers there on DraftKings. If any of those are sticking out to any of you, maybe you want to put just, you know, a weenie bet, as I would say, like $5. <laughs> Who knows? And then you forget about it. You just put your $5 and forget about it for the rest of the year. If you have a, an inkling of who you think is going to win the division, I recommend checking it out on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Those are the odds as of today. New customers can bet $5 on any NFL team and get $200 in free bets if they do. So you can use some of those free bets on some future odds. Um, And then everyone on the DraftKings Sportsbook app can boost their winnings with stepped up same game parlays. And right now for every leg you add, you can boost your winnings up to 100%. And with payouts bigger than ever, why bet on football anywhere else? And to make things even sweeter, you can throw down on stepped up same game parlays once per game day all season long. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook. Use promo code PHNX. Promo code PHNX on the DraftKings Sportsbook app. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. And Aaron, I don't know how familiar you are with our show, but we have a beer sponsor. We're actually doing our show live at a brewery on Wednesday. We do that once a month. It's a pretty Life is good. nice gig for us, especially <laughs> yeah. when we cover a team like the Coyotes. We need a little <laughs> beer to get through the season. Um, but we'll be out at Four Peaks this coming Wednesday, September 28th. Um, if you mention that you're there with us, you can get a $3 kilt lifter and Wow Pints. So come on down to last Wednesday at Four Peaks. We'll be going actually at noon that day rather than 11 because we'll have ASU head coach Greg Powers 
with us um, at Four Peaks. So we're really excited about that. And also thank you again to everyone who came out on Saturday for the ASU tailgate. It was a ton of fun. Of course, to drink Four Peaks, you must be 21 or older and enjoy responsibly. You don't have to be 21 to come to Four Peaks because they have amazing food as well. Mm. Okay, well, let's dive in to the rest of the Metro. Kick it off, Craig. Yeah, let's start with Carolina. Um, the the odds on favorite to win this division. And we'll, we'll go we'll go quickly on these. You don't have to dive too deeply into these. But Carolina adds Brent Burns. That one is interesting to me. Max Pacioretty and Paul Stasny. They lose Vincent Trocheck. Some of the the big moves. Is this enough to push Carolina over the top? Not only in the division, but for a cup. I, I mean, I, I don't think so. I, I think they are still an incredibly competitive team. They may still be the best team. In the Metro, I don't know if they're – I mean, Pacioretty is out for how long? Yeah, <laughs> a while. Right? A while. Yeah. Is Achilles, is that – am I remembering correctly? Uh, uh, I forget if it was Achilles or – was it ACL? I don't yeah. even, no, I, six I, months, I think he's out, though. Yeah. Or you, you wonder where, even when he comes back this yeah. season, how that might be that down the stretch. So that's a hell Achilles. of a – We've got it? a ton of Achilles. It is Achilles? Yeah. Yeah, it's Achilles. They have a ton of depth at, at forward, so that's great for them. The one thing that's always – I love Ajo. I just don't know if they've got the wicked big-time firepower at the top. They're deep. Mm-hmm. But that's always been the thing with Carolina where I think and, – and credit to them, they've tried to use that depth as their as their weapon rather than the big guns at the top. But I'm not sure if they got markedly better if they've – stay the same. Either way, it's pretty damn good. And I think they're super competitive, but I, I don't know that I can pick them to go further than they've gone in the past based on what they did this summer. Go ahead. Oh, the, uh, moving on to the New York Rangers who made a deep run in the playoffs this past season. They added Vincent Trocek in the off season. Are they, is this team legit like a, a contender or do they rely too much on their insane goaltending? Yeah. Uh, well, I think they're, I think they're legit. I think they're, Certainly a Metro, you know, challenger to, to win the Metro. What were they, six points out last year? Yeah. Um, no reason they can't win the division. Uh, and and I think they could make it to the to the final. I'm not sure if they if they have the guns to, to get there or to get past Colorado should they meet there. It's a hell of a team, though. The one thing I like about the Rangers is they are, they are still climbing. They are getting better. With, I think Lafreniere's got it still tons of room between the top of his head and his ceiling. There's, there's so much more there. I think he could, he could be in line for a big season. You're starting to see inklings of that from him. Um, yeah, I just, I really like that team. I think Trocek makes them even stronger at forward. Um, and I think their young D is going to get better. So I, I think they're, a, they're a team on the rise. We don't see goaltenders, a lot of goaltenders anyway, sustain this level of play. Does that does that give you any pause? Or do you think Shesterkin is simply that good? I mean, yeah. Is he going to – what was the save percentage? Like 929 or something ridiculous? Something crazy. Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if you ever expect season. that. I don't know if you expect that. But – and that, that's also a, a credit to some of the, the play around him. He, he's made some incredible saves, certainly. Um, but that's a that's a team that I think I think can can do some damage. I think he's a hell of a goalie. Um, I don't know. I would never bet on a save percentage approaching nine thirty. But even if he's in the 
low 920s, which I think is certainly attainable. I think that's a hell of a team. Absolutely. Um, moving on to Washington, they signed Darcy Kemper the summer. Coyote fans familiar, um, and that was addressing the weakness in their goaltending position. They also added added Connor Brown and also former Coyote Dylan Strome. Um, but the the Caps, you know, the core of this Capitals team have been around for a while. You know, they're getting a little bit older, and Tom Wilson is out long term after knee surgery. So, what do you expect from the Washington Capitals this season? Well, I, I think everyone's going to really miss Tom Wilson. While he's out, <laughs> it just Ooh, won't be the same. About. <laughs> it just won't be the same without Tom. Um, no, I think Backstrom is on is recovering too. Is he not? Yep. Yes, he Which, is. Which man, that's so two big pieces. I mean, any team with Ovechkin, you go and, and it's almost you can just replace the names with when we talk about Pittsburgh here in a second. Mm-hmm. Any team with Ovechkin on it is is going to be a hard out. <laughs> I mean that that's just how I see it. But are, are I don't think they're a contender to win the, the cup anymore. They're they're getting older. I don't think it gets easier. Maybe they've got one last great run in them. Um, but that's hard for me to to envision. But you know, Wilson and Backstrom it, it, losing two guys like that can certainly create a circle of the wagons type attitude for a team early in the season maybe that's what they need and then you bring those guys back on top of it and you're you're off and running is i'm not sure what what kemper looks like there sometimes goalies going into new situations can be difficult um but that that's a that's a team you know you you don't want to bet against them but I got to see it first, I guess, before I believe that they're not going to be there. And I feel the same way about Pittsburgh. Yeah, we, we'll, we'll lead right into that. They added Jeff Petrie. But basically, Pittsburgh's offseason was just putting the band back together for another season. Yeah. Sidney Crosby's 35. And I wonder, I, I don't want to make too strong a tie here, but the Penguins have the longest playoff streak going at 16 seasons. We remember, and, and I'm not saying they should break this up yet because they've still got elite players. Sidney Crosby can... He can go for for many more years, or we'll see. But you remember what happened with Detroit late in that run, where the playoff streak became yeah. so important that it almost got in the way of what they needed to do. How close are we to that with the Penguins? What do you see for this team? Well, I think as organizations should all be so fortunate as to face the dilemma that Pittsburgh <laughs> and Washington are facing That's now, so right? True. What do you yeah. do with these legacy players that have, have d- delivered you Stanley Cups? I mean... Do you want to trade Sidney Crosby? Um, I just, I was shocked, frankly, that they kept everyone together. I, I don't think Crosby plays anywhere else ever. But Malkin and Latang both being signed and Latang's ticket, I think, did Latang get four years? That floored me. Me too. Especially uh, with his injury history. Yes. I, that's what I mean. Yeah. It's, I, th- yeah. And Detroit's going through a really tough, they're starting to come out of it now, you think, um, but it's it's been it's been a few years now for them, mm-hmm. and yeah, it's. But I don't know how else you do it if you're them. I you know, do you just cast off those guys like they don't mean everything to your organization? The last ten years, it's got to be difficult. Columbus is Columbus would love to be in that situation <laughs> twenty years from now. Yeah, so with the local team uh, here, yeah, I mean, but it, it is hard, and. Um, I think the Red Wings are a great, great example. What are you going to do? What, moving on you... to, oh, sorry, <laughs> didn't mean oh, to no. cut you off. Um, moving on to the Islanders, 
we talked about it a little bit, but was last season an anomaly for them because of the schedule or, and now Barry Trotz is gone. They had kind of an interesting off season. Do you expect more of the same from last year or do you expect the Islanders to bounce back to the team they were the year before? Yeah, there are two teams in this division that I just don't have a clue what to expect, and they're one of them. Um, I think they're a pretty good team. They were a fancy pick to to be a Metro champ in Eastern Conference Finals last year. Yeah, I think I picked them, actually. (laughs) And they just fell, just tripped coming off the starting block. Um, I don't know. I, I don't know what the problem is there and if it's fixed now, if they just needed a new season and a restart. It tons of injuries too. Sometimes that that can can be the COVID difference between too. a good season or a bad season. Um, I want to think they're a better team, more a more competitive team. Um, but last year was pretty alarming, and they didn't make massive changes this year. So, you know, fool me once, I guess. What do you think of jettisoning Barry Trotz? I mean. I- I guess I'm in the minority when it comes to pro sports. I just, I'm not a fire the coach guy. I'm just, I think if you have a guy that you know is a hell of a hockey coach, why would you fire him? And, you know, there are times like Tortorella here where it, he knew it, the team knew it, that a new voice was needed. He knew, they knew that, that the team was not a, a playoff team. It wasn't going to be, they were starting over again, bringing a ton of young kids in. He's probably not the coach you want for that. So they, they bring in a coach that is the coach for that, Brad Larson, who's here as, as an assistant. But with the Islanders, I mean, they didn't do that. And and the I'm not sure why, why Trotz could no longer be the answer there. I think he's a hell of a coach, one of the best coaches in the league. Um, and I think he'll be back again next year. I don't know about New York. I'm not saying with the Islanders, but somewhere in the NHL coaching again next year because I still think he has the fire that burns there. Um but yeah, that's that's a curious move for me. But who knows? They know more about their organization from the inside, certainly, than we would. Um, New Jersey, is there any reason to believe they'll be better this year? They added Andre Pilat, who, of course, was part of that um, Stanley Cup winning Tampa Bay Lightning team. But what are your yeah. thoughts on New Jersey? I mean, I think they ha- at some point it's got to happen, right? I was surprised they were as bad as they were last year. Um, that really surprised me. And... and you know, I, I, I'm not sure that they're a top four team in the Metro, but I certainly think they should be a lot more competitive than they've been. And they've invested a ton in their youth. Mm-hmm. And they're one of those teams there. I think Phoenix is this way, way too, where they've signed some guys young who are still RFAs that they've paid like UFAs uh, to keep them in the fold. And you've got some teams like Columbus who have really fought had some ugly contract fights with guys um, still in their RFA years and finally sorted it out in some cases, in some cases not. Jersey has just committed to these guys, but I, I think now is the time where they need to have some sort of a payback here where the players have got to start delivering for them. There's tons of talent there, tons of young talent. I just wonder when it's going to come together. Let's talk about the last team in the division, the Philadelphia Flyers, who are just a hot mess right now. <laughs> like, I, yeah. I don't know if they're quite bad enough to be battling with the Blackhawks and Coyotes for Connor Bedard, but what are your thoughts yeah. on the Flyers in this offseason? Well, I can tell you this. If you want to tank, John Tortorella is the worst coach to hire. <laughs> <laughs> He's not tanking. 
He's not going to do it. They are going to be better than people think they are. They're going to be better than they probably are, but I still don't think that makes them very good, but they will battle their asses off every night, which is a clear distinction from the previous recent years. Yeah. Um, and Couturier being out again is a major kick. I don't know if you saw, guys saw the picture from the first day of training camp with oh, someone laying on that. Yes, flat on his back. It, it looked like the headline should be one dead in Philadelphia. Tortorella <laughs> looming over them. I think he, it felt like he was smiling, even though it didn't appear that he was. Um, we can Photoshop it. Yeah. he um, And he is setting the bar low right now. You can hear it in his words. I don't know what I got. We got nothing. We're this, we're that. He's telling those guys right now that nobody in this league thinks they're worth a damn. And he is just cranking that up to the hilt, um, which is what he did here. Even when they weren't that bad, when he's, you know, <laughs> crapping all over him and you're like, it's not quite that bad. And then they took off. Um, that will be better. That team will be better. Kevin Hayes and Tortorella might come to blows first. Um, before we see that, yeah, that started already. Uh, and he's going to, there, there will be comfortable veteran players there who are quickly made to feel uncomfortable. Hmm. And if you, that's what he traffics in. And it's not, it isn't personal and it's not, none of it's out of line. Um, but he doesn't, and it's what he did here. Guys, uh, young guys, hungry guys, veteran guys who haven't had a chance elsewhere who are willing to work their ass off. They, they have absolute uh, ability to climb up the depth chart here, uh, no matter what their name is or their contract. He'll sit a guy that's making 6 million bucks a year, no problem, if it's deserved. And that kind of stuff, it, it, at first, it's really hard for people to swallow, really hard for people to accept. And then once getting called out in film study is hard for some guys. And then once you see it happen, uh, once you see it happen to the $7 million forward and the $750,000 forward, and it happens over time, it, it tends to bring people together because they realize what's going on here. Everyone is held to account in a way that they probably have never been before. And it gets messy at times. And it's fun as hell if you're a reporter because there's some <laughs> great stories out of it. Um, but they'll change and they'll be better. All right. Well, thank you so much for this breakdown of the Metro. Obviously, you're reporting in the Metro, so you have a better look at it. Um, again, thank you so much for joining us, Aaron, and hopefully we'll talk to you again later this season. Really curious to see how the Blue Jacket season goes. Yeah, well, thanks for having me. Next time schedule it when we're out there and we'll meet in that bar and do that thing you guys talked about. Let's do that. Oh, yeah, yeah you absolutely. You're going to come out? You're going to come out for this game? That sounds like a plan. Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm not missing Arizona State. Are you kidding me? Okay. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you yeah. so much. All right. Thanks, guys. Bye. Thanks, thank you. Thank you again um, to the Athletics Aaron Portsline for joining us. You can follow him on Twitter at a Portsline and read his work at the Athletic. Um, it's so interesting hearing him talk about Columbus. Like, there's some sort of parallel there with the Coyotes. It feels like, in a, in a way, you know, One playoff series win. Yeah, I mean, wow. the Coyotes at least made that run in 2012, have a few more runs. But, you know, that that whole idea of fighting against people not wanting to sign here and the whole idea of, 
you know, this not being the dominant team in the market. It's just a lot of similarities. And I've actually been to Columbus. I love Columbus. It is a great town. I this loved such an it. Underrated town. And there's a Tim Hortons attached to the practice room. <laughs> that is the truth. That's <laughs> the only NHL arena that has a Tim Hortons attached. <laughs> exactly. Um, well, we're going to give our bold playoff predictions, oh, or not playoff predictions necessarily, but uh, finish ranking finishes, I guess you can say, in a moment. Um, but before we do, I I'm very tired from our travels yesterday. You know, dry, got back late last night. And those recliners are calling my name. What were you doing last night, Leah? I went to the, the hub in downtown Tucson after our postgame show, and I saw I ran into Adrian Denny and uh, Jimmy Peebles in the hub. So that was a small, small world down there in Tucson. But that recliner is calling my name. Probably going to also say I haven't even mentioned this as part of the furniture that Moore gave us. We have a kitchen table and chairs <laughs> in our kitchen, like a place to sit and eat. So... Um, that, that whole setup is great. We, we're so appreciative of more furniture for hooking up our entire office. And if you're looking to, you know, get some new decor, it's fall. Sometimes when the seasons change, you want to like redo things. I don't know. I get like that. And that table is like, that's it's like a holiday table. You can, you can host a feast. Literally, it's so huge. literally, it's massive. Yeah. Um, so if you want to spruce up your home, check out more furniture fall sale at morefurniture.com. And, uh, you know, Another way you can have fun watching sports is with underdog fantasy. Um, it's a super fun way to watch games and, and be invested. It, it'll be fun if you're listening to this on Monday to enjoy Monday night football, especially if you don't have a rooting interest in either teams. We mentioned this already, but Derek won $1,000 on underdog last week simply by picking higher or lowers for just a random group of uh, baseball pitchers. So, you know, baseball season's almost over. You can do it for football. And when hockey season gets started, we are going to, especially PD and I, are going to have daily fantasy drafts. We're going to do the higher or lower pick them. Um, so check out Underdog Fantasy. It's such a fun, just like added fun, really low stakes, which is perfect for people like me. Um, so search in the App Store or you can click on the link in the show notes. Sign up with the promo code PHNX and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. So really great way to try it out. I promise you it's so much fun and we're going to get into it a lot more when hockey season starts, but give it a go with baseball, football for now. That's Underdog Fantasy promo code PHNX and get in on the action today. All right. Prediction time. Prediction time. You want me to read Petey's first? Yeah, let's start with Petey since he's not here to defend himself. Yeah, and we can make fun of these picks. (laughs) Um, Actually, they were pretty conservative, don't you think? I don't think he really went out on a limb with any of these picks. He kind of followed the DraftKings odds in a way. He has Carolina at the top, the Rangers in second, Washington, the Islanders on top of Pittsburgh. So Islanders four, Pittsburgh five. And then he has the Columbus Blue Jackets, the New Jersey Devils, and the Philadelphia Flyers. So that's Petey's projected order of finish. Leah? Oh, okay. I'm going next. Um, all right. Once again, I did not prepare beforehand. <laughs> so I'm just winging it. And if I'm right, I, of course I prepared. If I'm wrong. It was just a lie. It's because I didn't prepare. Um, all right. I'm going to go Rangers first. They really proved themselves last year. The way Aaron talked about them got me excited. Um, I think Carolina will finish second. I think, you know, this is just how they're going to finish. It has nothing to do with how they'll go in the playoffs, but I'm going to put Carolina second. And then this is where it gets tough for me because this was the division that last season at this point, everyone was like, oh, the Islanders and oh, the Penguins are too old. They're going to be bad. And that's just not how things shook out. So 
I'm going to go, and this is because I'm a um, historical Penguins fan. I'm going to go Pittsburgh, Washington, Islanders. Uh, where are we? Blue Jackets, Devils, Flyers. Okay. You're pretty close to mine, actually. Okay. I also have the Rangers winning this division. Look at you coming back from your, uh, well, your Rangers. Well, we'll talk bashing. playoffs. We'll talk a different story <laughs> about what happens in the playoffs to the New York Rangers. But I have them winning this division and Carolina fishing second. I have the Pittsburgh Penguins finishing third, wow, we're but I have the New York Islanders finishing fourth okay. in this division. I it, the things that we talked about with the Caps, with uh, two very key players in in, in Tom Wilson and Nicholas Backstrom being out, yeah, that's going to impact them. And listen, Washington, Washington had its issues last season with with a, a healthier lineup, so I, I think they're going to drop to fifth in this division behind the Islanders, and then I've got the the same order as last season with Columbus, New Jersey, and Philadelphia. The Washington Capitals are going to battle with the Buffalo Sabres for that final wild card spot. Turn me up. <laughs> um, Roaring Fork mentioned it in the comments too. Washington was an eight seed last year with Tom Wilson all year. Huh? So See, there it is. It's a good point. I think I think the way Washington competed against Florida in the playoffs, I kind of have some recency bias about them. So you could very well be on right on that, Craig, but um, and now we're going to put Sean on the spot for his predictions because yeah. why not? Um, I'm a professional. I did prepare. Um, he said with heavy sarcasm. <laughs> um, I am going to stick with Carolina to win. Um, I think maybe I've bought more into Craig's, I don't want to say hatred of the Rangers, but um, analysis skepticism? of the Rangers, skepticism more than even he has. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think Carolina is going to win Rangers second. Pitt, um, I, mine's at from there on is the same as y'all's Islanders, Washington, Jackets, Devils, Flyers. I think the Islanders are going to be better because, like you guys have been talking like, about, I mean, the the start on the road. They had a huge COVID situation. They had injuries. Yeah. The only wild card for the Islanders with me is they got rid of Barry Trotz. I know. What are you doing? <laughs> you don't get rid of Barry Trotz. He is one of the best coaches in the NHL, and he is the reason the Islanders took that. Massive step forward. I know. You don't with all that they faced last year. I have no idea why they said goodbye to him. I think it was a mistake, and I agree with Porty. He's going to find his way back into the league in the right situation. At and some he kind of has his like he's such a tenured, well-respected coach. He'll, For good reason. Yeah, he can pick where he wants to go. Like with salt of the earth. Yeah, I love talking to the guy. He's he's just incredible. He's yeah. going to whoever gets uh, Barry Trotz is going to be a very lucky team. So those are our predictions. If you agree, disagree, let us know here in the YouTube chat. We're going to tweet out, tweet them out later so you can argue with us on Twitter um, yeah. <laughs> later as well. Um, and let us know in the members-only Discord. Um, Chris in the comments said, I did not say hi yesterday in Tucson, but I did lock eyes with Craig for a split second. It was magical. I won't lie. <laughs> anyway, hope you all had a good time. Thank you, Chris. We did have so much fun. It was so great meeting everyone. I don't know everyone. how to read this, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> <It> was... <laughs> oh, my God. Well, yeah, we, we had a blast in Tucson yesterday. Again, thank you to everybody who we talked to. If you missed our post-game show, um, it was a blast. We talked to Roadrunners head coach Steve Popvin. We talked a lot about the preseason, not just yesterday's game, but PD drank alcohol. PD drank on the show. Yeah. I drank coffee. <laughs> we had a raging migraine. I want you to know during the show and gutted it out. So props to Liam. Thank Merle. you. Thank you. Um, so upcoming week for the Coyotes, they play Tuesday in Tulsa versus the Stars. 
Wednesday in Anaheim. Um, I, this graphic continues to stress me out because it's just so much travel. But we got Tulsa and Anaheim coming up um, Tuesday and Wednesday. So you can follow along the Coyotes Twitter and the Stars and Ducks Twitters as well for more coverage on those games. And Craig, the Coyotes made two cuts from camp. Yeah, we hinted at this last week that a couple of the guys that might be heading back to juniors, guys that they knew weren't going to be on the team this year. And in fact, that's what happened. Connor Geeky went back to the Winnipeg ice of the WHL. Uh, the WHL actually started its season last week. And the goalie, Anson Thornton, who we knew was going to be going back to Barry, um, he went back to the OHL. The OHL season starts this week. So a couple guys off the roster that just got a taste of the rookie faceoff. They got a taste of camp. Really, it was like orientation. Yeah. And then a taste of NHL, sort of NHL play in preseason. We saw the rosters. But yeah. They got a little feel for what it's like. So you can take that information. You can go back to juniors now. Be there for the full season. You don't want to start behind the eight ball. Yeah. And you have some things that you know you have to work on. Yeah, I have no doubt we'll be seeing Connor Geeky soon in a few years. So interesting player. Yeah, very interesting player, and, and no surprising cuts today. We'll of course keep everyone in the loop on further cuts to come because there are more coming. Craig has. All the coverage you need at gophnx.com. So be sure to sign up and become a member. Chris's DMs are open, Craig. <laughs> Good to know, buddy. Good oh to know. Oh, my God. Uh, check out the PHNX locker. You can grab the hat or shirt that Craig is wearing. He's very good branding today, Craig. Look at you. Thank you. Very nice. Um, like a, Sean's wearing his. Step it up a little yeah, bit Sean's there. wearing his uh, mosaic coyote shirt. That is, by the way. It's the best Coyote shirt. Yeah, that's my favorite one. It took me way too long to get it. And also, we saw so many Cody Coyote shirts yesterday. So much so that on the show, Steve Potvin made a comment about that he noticed all of the PHNX shirts around Tucson Arena. So seriously, thank you. Check out the locker. Become a member. You can get a free shirt when you sign up for an annual membership. It's a great time to become a member with hockey season right around the corner. You can also join our members-only Discord, which is a blast to chat in every single day. And also, I'm just letting you know now, there's a bunch of stuff coming up that it benefits you to be a member. So that's all I'll say for now. And as the season is around the corner, I've been singing the gospel of game time. And like I genuinely think it's the best place to buy tickets and not just because you know, it's in our rundown here. Like genuinely, it's the best place. There were tickets to the D-backs game on Friday for $11. We went to the ASU football game on Saturday and those tickets were on game time and they were unbelievable seats, like in the end zone, lower bowl, unbelievable. Um, So check out game time. It's especially great when you buy tickets last minute, which is great for procrastinators out there like me. So check out game time and not just for sports, but for concerts and shows as well. You can save up to 60% on tickets when you buy last minute. And the best way to support us is by buying your tickets through the link in the description. I talked to some people yesterday in Tucson who were wondering how they can best benefit all of us. Use our link. It really helps us a lot and it'll help you a lot by saving tons of money on tickets and we'll you know we'll check game time for every coyotes home game coming up here and make sure everybody knows about the cheapest way to go because i know it's it's a different situation for people this season um, in the smaller arena but everyone should have the chance to go see it so check out game time this week ahead we got our last trade talk tuesday Somebody just asked me about this in the mailbag today. Really? Right? And I'm telling them, basically answering <laughs> answering this question right now on the show. Hold on. One day, one day, we're going to talk all about the Taylor Hall trade. Because they had a lot of questions about it. We're going to dive into okay, it. Okay. Well, we'll make sure we answer all of those questions um, 
So yes, on Tuesday, we'll be talking about the Taylor Hall trade on the final Trade Talk Tuesday of the off-season content because next week is the last full week without NHL regular season. So, woo, here we are. are. (laughs) Um, We already talked about we'll be at Four Peaks on Wednesday with ASU head coach Greg Powers to look ahead at the Arizona State season, which we're really excited about. So he will be with us at Four Peaks. So if you come by too, you can have a chance to meet Greg Powers. We'll have his beer ready. If you're listening, Coach Powers, we'll have your beer ready for you when you arrive. Um, We're going to be off on Thursday, but on Friday – We're going to do a collaboration show with the CHGO Blackhawks, and this is the topic, whose situation sucks more? So join us on Friday for that one. That one's going to be a lot of fun. I'm really looking forward. So great stuff ahead. Hockey season is literally around the corner. I cannot believe it. Um, Pat O is giving their predictions in the chat. Rangers, Carolina, Islanders, top three. Okay. I like it. Watch out for Devils if they get goaltending. Valid points, Pat. Thank you for your predictions. We appreciate that. Uh, everybody will, like we said, we'll put that out on Twitter later and in the Discord. So let's talk about it. Follow PHNX Sports on all social media platforms you can think of. TikTok, Instagram. If you're not following us on Instagram, we have tons of other content on there. If you were at the Roadrunners game, or not Roadrunners, if you're at the Tucson Arena yesterday, there's pictures on our Instagram story from a bunch of meetups. So be sure to follow. So many people. So many people. So unbelievable. Um, follow our in- the PHNX Sports on Instagram. Subscribe to PHNX Sports on YouTube. Hit the notification bell so you don't miss a show. We have tons of coverage, not just for hockey, but all the sports um, in Arizona. So whatever whatever you love, we have coverage of it, I promise. And please follow us on Twitter at PHNX underscore Coyotes. I would love for us to hit 4,000 followers. I was going to say by the time the season starts, but that's kind of a big ask. What happens if we hit 4,000? I don't know. Did we decide? People are skeptical. People are skeptical now because we, Craig he, and I, Craig and I, deliver. Craig and I deliver on our promises. Maybe we should have Sean do something. Yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll brainstorm. I, I was waiting for that. If I, you I, have I, any I, ideas, I, let us know I, what we can punish Sean with. But we have to have PD make do. I understand that there would be a lack of trust there. Mm-hmm. It's all his fault. So are there any uh, like? Koala petting zoos. <laughs> hey, I, unlike PD, am a man of my word. So that's true. Sean did bleach his hair earlier this yeah, year. Yeah, should find a koala petting zoo then. I'm. I'm. Well, down. see, my problem is with wild koalas. The the all the problems that I mentioned about wild koalas aren't don't really so apply to super chat captive. to send you know, Sean. Do, wait, wait, are we calling them domesticated yeah. koalas? Cat- such a thing. Yeah, the ones that are in captivity, the ones that are raised in captivity, don't have the diseases or the aggressiveness that the. Okay, uh, so how do you know this? I've, I, I'm, if I'm going to be this passionate about something, I got to know what I'm talking about. So um, I've done my research. Super chats to send Sean to Australia. <laughs> oh, such a punishment to go to Australia. Unless you're dropping me in the middle of the outback. Yeah, you don't want to be stuck in the outback with all the spiders. Are you kidding? The spiders and snakes. No, thank you. Yeah, have you seen? By the way, I don't want to get too far. We're just the field here. Yeah. But the bird eating spiders—that's just freakish. Yeah. Have you seen them? No. Look, Why do you have to put that in my head? Concept. And you'll have nightmares. <laughs> no thanks. I saw a few snakes when I went to Australia. Oh, terrifying. Also, the birds there—crazy. Anyway, that's it from us today. Thank you again to Aaron Portslide. Um, you can again follow him on Twitter at a Portslide. You can follow Craig on Twitter. Twitter at Craig S. Morgan, not the country singer. Um, you can follow me at Leah Merrill, PD at S. Peters Hockey, and Sean at Sean underscore DePaz. Thank you so much for watching. Trade Talk Tuesday on Tuesday, live from Four Peaks at noon on Wednesday. 
Have a great rest of your day, everyone. We'll see you tomorrow.